When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome, Raiders. Today on Book Chat, joining me is my buddy Reed's co-host, Classy Green. We'll be discussing The Hunting Wives by May Cobb. Stay tuned. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Audiobooks.com. Audiobooks.com now has 175,000 titles and 1.2 million podcasts. New customers get three free audiobooks comprised of one premium credit and two VIP titles. Use our promo code SHELFADDICTION, spelled as one word, when you sign up at audiobooks.com. Again, our promo code is SHELFADDICTION. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Tamara Ford, and thank you for downloading this month's Buddy Read discussion featured here on the Shelf Addiction Podcast. If you're new here, every week we get bookish with book discussions, book reviews, shelf bites, and more. If you're wondering what is a Buddy Read, this is a feature where Classy and I select a thriller or mystery title that we both are interested in. Then we have a candid conversation about that book or audiobook. We even discuss it in our Facebook group, Shelf Addiction Official, joining a live chat. So grab a glass of wine, a cocktail, a cup of tea or coffee, whatever your drink of choice is, and settle in for this fun discussion. As always with book chats, there is a spoiler alert in effect, so you've been warned. If you enjoyed today's episode, please support this podcast by sharing it with your book nerd friends or on your favorite social media space. That will really help me out and I appreciate you for doing it. The uncut video version of this podcast is available now on Patreon. Join us there for exclusive videos, including this podcast after show. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, please consider doing that by supporting our sponsors. By supporting them, you are supporting us. Check out all of the sponsors at shelfaddiction.com forward slash sponsors. If you've read the book or listened to the audiobook and would like to weigh in on this conversation, be sure to join the Facebook group Shelf Addiction Official. I hope to hear your thoughts on this discussion. Links for everything I've mentioned are in the show notes, so let's get going. We've got a lot to cover today, so we are going to jump right on in. Joining me is the Buddy Reed feature co-host, Classy Green, from the Bookish Virtual Assistant. Welcome back, Classy. Hey, Tamara. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm finally cooling off, but I'm, you know, I'm like trying not to complain because it's getting warm. Yay! Girl, it was like really cold here a couple days ago very cold and now they're yeah. like 90 degrees <laughs> yo my poor body is just like pick a temp any temp it's like whiplash like what's mm-hmm. happening that's what yeah. i hate about like the upper like the midwest like michigan and illinois 
Like, it's like, pick, like, can't we just have something in the middle? Do we have to be cold or hot? Can't we just get like 76 degrees and sunny? Can't we just get that? (laughs) Mm -mm. Because last week, and I I know we got to get this party started, but like last week, I was like, no, no frost alert. I could plant my, because I'm doing some herbs and whatever. And then a couple days later, I'm like, thank goodness I didn't do it. Yeah. Because my poor little plants would have died. Now, the real question of the hour is, did you turn that heat back on? Did you do it? Yes. (laughs) You did. (laughs) Girl, no shade. We did too. We caved. I had no, on look, it was I just on socks, pants. I had on a long sleeve like a uh, sweater that had a turtleneck on it. And yeah. Kevin comes in, he's like, Are you cold? <laughs> like <laughs> I had the heated mattress pad on plus the heat. Yeah. I didn't like blast it, but just enough to kind of knock that chill out the air. Because there's yeah. nothing like getting up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And it's cold because you already got that bed warm. Yeah. So I was like, Mm-mm, let me go downstairs and turn this heat up. <laughs> I pay oh. the bills. I could pay. I, could I know. That's how I feel. I'm like, well, it's <laughs> fine. I'm the one that pays the bill. I'm turning the heat on. And it went That's off the right. next day. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. So you guys, we are um gonna jump into the book as we always do but before we start the discussion if you are interested in today's after show head over to patreon to watch it and you can see our pretty faces and see our expressions as we talk about the book (laughs) and uh all the topics we have in the after show which we are excited because we have like some fun stuff in this week's after show so you don't want to miss it head on over and sign up today So today we are discussing The Hunting Wives, written by May Cobb, narrated by Aaron Bennett, published May 18th, 2021 by Penguin Audio. The paperback comes in, or hardcover, I should say, comes in at 368 pages. The unabridged audiobook length is 10 hours and 22 minutes. So there's a lot going on there. So Classy, before we uh, jump in, would you kindly share the synopsis? Sure, I am reading the synopsis from Goodreads. The hunting wives share more than target practice, martinis, and bad behavior in this novel of of obsession, seduction, and murder. Sophie O'Neill left behind an envy-inspiring career in the stressful, competitive life of big city Chicago to settle down with her husband and young son in a small Texas town. It seems like the perfect life with a beautiful home in an idyllic rural community, but Sophie soon realizes that life is now too quiet and she feels bored and restless. Then she meets Margot Banks, an alluring socialite who is part of an elite clique secretly known as the Hunting Wives. Sophie finds herself completely drawn to Margot and swept in her mysterious world of late night target practice and dangerous partying. As Sophie's curiosity gives way to full-blown obsession, she slips further away from the safety of her family and deeper into the nest of vipers. When the body of a teenage girl is discovered in the woods where the hunting wives meet, Sophie finds herself in the middle of a murder investigation and her life spiraling out of control. Good. Good synopsis. Sophie, Uh girl, Sophie. Okay. Yeah. 
So Sophie. Uh, so she is one of the more frustrating characters I've read this year. Yeah. I gotta just say that up front. Like she was. She was exhausting. At one point, let me just I just gotta get this off my chest because I've been thinking about it all day. <laughs> I finished it this morning. Okay. And the last two hours of that audiobook, I'm like, why are you such a dummy? What are you doing? <laughs> why are you doing this? You know, Man, I need you to are go in my yes. <laughs> I think I took some notes and I should have wrote them down. I put some notes in my audible, you know, how you can text some things. And I'm just like, yes. yes. You know, like she was like, I can't believe that I'm just this naive. I'm not that naive to think. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Very naive to be yeah. a grown ass woman. Yes. From day one, from the page one, I could tell Sophie was not the sharpest tool in the toolbox. Yeah. And the, okay, so let's just talk a little bit about Sophie in general before we get into like the plot of the story. So Sophie is, in my opinion, very naive. She is sexually confused. She is old as hell in my, well, not old as hell, but old enough, married with a child to know what her sexual preferences are. She doesn't. (laughs) Um, Yeah. she, She is bored beyond belief to the point where she is she gets easily taken advantage of because she's so desperate to have exciting life yeah girl get a damn hobby but she supposedly had a hobby planting right that hobby obviously didn't work out for her because and and that was the thing it was like was that your hobby or was it the damn instagram or was that supposed to be your job i'm not sure i don't know it's crazy yeah it was Sophie was not my favorite character. She is the main, you know, she's the protagonist in this book. She's got the narrative and I didn't like anything about her. No, I didn't feel sorry for her. I had no empathy for her, but you know, now that you kind of, you mentioned that she was old enough to know what her sexual preference was. So she did mention that she dated a girl well, she didn't even date her. She, she didn't had, date she her. Had a one night, she had a one night stand with her. Yes. Um, and she kind of was like feeling her, but the more you think about it, it was it was fascination as well as the same kind of fascination she had with Margo. I guess see, the, I don't the, think the it was fascination. I think she's bisexual and doesn't want to admit it. Because in that scene where she told well, yeah. she was talking to her husband. Um, Graham, you know, telling him about this story, and she was so fast to say, "But I'm not gay. I'm not, you know." You're she right. was like, "I'm You're straight." Right. You're right. And she was yeah. like, "And it was just, it was only one time." Yeah. You know what? Sometimes we read these books like I'll pretend to be a bisexual woman because I'm not. I don't understand that point of view, and I fully comprehend that and accept it. But I've read books, and I know there are books where it's like a trope it's called like gay for you it's a trope where they're not gay in general but they're gay for a specific person or a specific type of person Mm. so that is a trope and maybe that's what she is maybe she's not like bisexual all the time but it's for certain types of people she is so okay i don't know later i know because like isn't that like asexual or not asexual it's according to what kind of she connects with a certain person and then it could be male or female and she likes them i don't know 
But the woman had issues. She had mommy issues. She had daddy issues. Um, she had issues. I mean, he left. Mommy was there, but she was not there. You know, she wasn't like there for her emotionally. She had no support for her. So, yeah, the woman had issues. And I did. I struggled to like her. I don't even, you know, I didn't even struggle. I didn't. I didn't like her. And it was just, the more she talked, the more I was just like, Okay, girl. Okay. Yeah. What is right? There was no redeeming quality. I, I found nothing redeeming in Sophie at all. None of the women, to be honest. What I wonder what Meg Cobb's make I'm sorry, May Cobb, May Cobb what her goal was with Sophie. Because if her goal was to piss off the audience, she succeeded. Yeah. If she's supposed to be this frustrating type of person, then she well did. done. Well done. But hey. if that wasn't her intent, I do feel like there was a way to make someone that seemed much more mature and emotionally intelligent fall into that trap without being so naive. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was a different mode right. you could have gotten that character into that without being that person. Yeah, there were there was several different avenues she she could have taken and the more i listened to this book i felt like this off may cobb she wrote this book you know how most people write a book and and then hollywood comes in and says hey we want to do um a movie about your book i felt like she wrote this as a movie hoping hollywood would create it as you know would would grab onto it it was very cinematic it was it i didn't find it pleasurable as a book um and and we've read enough books where we'll say i could see this as a movie i see the characters but i felt like this book was written flip-flop you know like she's like you know because everybody and, and i'm not sure if everybody not everybody but some of the um, critics or the marketing was Big Little Lies. Because, you know, that is the huge oh between Big Little Lies and Gone Girl. But I know this was nothing like Gone Girl. But I, I, I had that kind of feel to it where I could see them kind of doing the Gone Girl. I mean, the Big Little Lies um, tactic with this book. I could see it. I really could. And I said, mm. that's what I felt with this story. And it kind of ticked me off because I felt like she didn't delve into this story. Cause at one point it was just like, blah, blah, blah. blah. There was no plot. It was it, okay. I won't it say was like a, there was a fluff plot. mystery. It was a fluffy really mystery. Was. And by that, yeah. like some people were comparing it to real housewives and I really didn't see it all the way, but I did see it in the fact that it's really like a lot going on, but nothing going on at the same time. Yes. A lot of drama. Mm-hmm. The drama was, ooh, we're going out um, to the bar. We're going to go out to the um, where the little dive bar downtown where well, the riffraff hang out because we're money. We're going to go down to the dive bar with our diamond earrings and our little black dresses and hump the little guy because that's all they do. <laughs> 
guys <laughs> at the bar, you know, get them all hot and bothered. But don't go all the way, lady. Don't do it. Remember. Oh, my God. The weekend oh grind. And I was just like, are you kidding? Uh, now, you know, that was funny to me. I just thought it was funny. Like. It was. It was. It was. Funny. <laughs> and it was cinematic. But it wasn't. Yeah. It, it wasn't. It didn't make good. It didn't make for a good book. That's how I felt. <clears throat> I feel like um, the author was trying to up the stakes at that one bar scene when um one so there were five women right so let's just run down the women right quick and now jump back to the bar scene so there's jill who is like this teenager's mom a very important teenager brad he's big in the story there's tina who is basically the gossip there's callie who is margo's like lap dog she'll do anything margo says and then there is Margo, who is like the queen bee, and then Sophie, who was the new girl, basically. Right. Yeah. So they all have their roles like housewives, basically. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, back to the bar scene. So they're all after they shoot this one night, because that's why it's called the hunting wives. They get together and they shoot um skeet or whatever. And then after that, they go to the bar sometimes. And like Classy was saying, they rub up against the guys and grind and make out, but they just don't have sex, right? Supposedly, although one time some people did. <laughs> but we just kiss and hug and get them warmed up. <laughs> so this one time, so Callie, the lap dog, basically she does drug Sophie. She drugs her. And yeah, she does. I feel like the author was trying to ratchet up the tension with that, but nothing happened. And I'm like, well, something bad could have happened, but nothing happened. Exactly. You are so right. And I, that's what I felt like. So what was the reason for the, the, the roofie? Roofie? What did they call Yeah, her? she roofied her, basically. Yeah, so what was the reason? And I think I think it was an it was implied because she wasn't sure that possibly um, Sophie and Margot may have had a threesome with the one guy that Margot was with. You think the Russian? Because remember, she's like, I don't know what I did. But yeah, but it was so big that we weren't even sure. Yeah, that we weren't even sure. Because the thing is, is that she, she woke up and she didn't get home until really, really late. It is Ryan here. And I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Like, real late, right? Was it in the morning when she? Yeah, it was. It was really late, and yeah. like it was like five a.m. or something crazy. It was really right. late. Yeah. So because she couldn't even really remember how she got there because she was so messed up by the roofie and all the drinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, th- and, those um, ladies can drink. Yes, they're all borderline alcoholics. If they aren't alcoholics, they binge drink if nothing else they binge drink yeah and whenever they're together glass of wine 
Shot? Even when they're not, even when they're not together. Yeah. They're drinking and now, all the time. Yeah. Sophie they was are. drinking all the time. Yeah. She, she really was. It was sad. Yeah. So I just feel like that was almost a waste of space because why roofie her <clears throat> for two reasons. Okay. So in my opinion, if you're not going to pay that off, then don't do it. And I don't think what was intended for the payoff was a payoff. So later in the book, fast forward, you mm-hmm. know, Sophie is in trouble and she figured out that they drugged her, that so that um Callie drugged her. She figures this out. And then she's in mm-hmm. trouble and she goes back to kind of confront Margot and Callie, right? After she mm-hmm. suspect that they tried to um and you know, trap or like, you know, I can't think of the word right now, y'all. If you know what I'm saying. They're trying we, to well, I'm jumping ahead to where um, Sophie approached Margot and Callie at the lake after she oh, tried to go and frame confront her. them for framing her. Framing Thank her. you, framing. I cannot think of the word. <laughs> I had a blank. Okay. And she takes a drink from Callie. Callie hands her a drink. She takes the drink. I'm like, why would you take anything from that woman? And she drugged you. And what happens? It happens again. It happens again. I'm like, you are a dumb one. Why in this earth, why on this earth, in this world, would you take a drink from her? So my my thing is, is your whole goal is to come there and confront. You need to be clear minded. Why are you drinking anything? Thank you. Come there, tell their asses off and leave. (laughs) Like what is happening? You should have had a gun, a phone recorder, but that's just me. That's what I thought. I'm like, why isn't she recording these conversations? Yeah. Like the okay, so just another skip, y'all. There's a scene where the ki- the actual killer is reading her the oh, I done it. This is why I did it. And she had a phone in her hand. She was texting the police officer, why didn't she hit record on that fucking phone? The woman's like spilling her guts. Why wouldn't you record it? Okay. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, here she is with the, you know. The, the nice little confession, you know, that deathbed, yes, and it, or the Scooby, and it all would have worked if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Yeah, that one. But right. she texts the, the, her location. And I'm like, yeah, huh. it's so stupid. So, you know, I said all that to just piggyback around and say, I don't understand what the payoff was supposed to be about the drugging at the club. Like yeah. there was no payoff for that. It was stupid. If you're going to have the character go back and do the same dumb thing again for no d- any reason, she just could have been drugged the first time when she confronted them and it would have got the same result. She didn't need to be drugged twice. Right. Right. It, and like you were saying with that first point, that would have been a great plot point right there where we're going to move the story somewhere else. But that story didn't. The story did not. It hit a brick wall. <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, we're not she got going drunk. Okay. Yeah. Next morning. Next. Ooh, let me see. Is is Margo texting me? Oh, oh my no, god. No, Margo's oh. mad at me. Oh no, 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 no. And I'm like, but she was texting with Margo like she's a guy he she wants or a girl or a guy she wants to date. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I can't be too pushy. Oh, I gotta wait for a response. You know that game you play, right? When you mm-hmm. first are trying to. She's deleting like all that. Right can't say that let me say right. that yeah it was mm. it was yeah 
it was really sad. And, and at first I was like, so maybe there are women out here who have this fascination with being, because at first I was just like, maybe it was just this fascination of being in this clique, but she really did have a thing for Margo. And we never understood why. Had, like yeah. at the beginning, at the beginning of the book, she was looking at her on Facebook. She was trying to find a way to meet her. Mm-hmm. actively through her friends she figured out oh I can get an invite to this charity ball right right so what about Margo was just the way she looked was she like oh she's hot stuff was it like oh yeah. Margo looks like she has all the friends I mean what and that's something that was never clear to me what was the motivation for her chasing after Margo in the first place right because at first it was well, no, I won't even say at first, the more I, I think about it, it was um, because she, at first she wanted it on Instagram because, you know, oh, I'm coming down here. I want to be more with my kids. Maybe I could be an Instagram, whatever she wanted to be. She's so a blogger, she's, a lifestyle blogger, remember? Yeah, that's what it was. And, you know, but again, what was the fascination with Margot um, was even if you would have given me the chemistry, the sexual chemistry is what drew you in. If Maycob would have did that at first, I probably would have accepted some of the, the silliness of Sophie um, versus we don't know what the hell she's doing. Does she want to be in this clique? Is it just because she wants to be in this clique and she wants to fit in? Or it, I was confused. I was confused about what was her goal her end game clear yeah her end game okay so I feel like her 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 end game changed it was a progressive change in my opinion like at the beginning she did have a um like an infatuation with Margo but it wasn't clear why and then when she met Margo and her friends I think she wanted to be a part of the cool kids clique which is why she said, oh, I can't tell my other friend about this because I just got this exclusive invitation. So she was excited to be a part of the cool girls. But once she started hanging around them, again, it's like, oh, Margo's perfume, Margo's this. It's like she really started getting more about Margo again and less about the clique. And by the end of it, she was fantasizing about sleeping with Margo the whole time. And when she finally does, why did I do that? I could have wrecked my whole life. Okay, okay, girl, you, why are you acting like this never occurred to you? You've been lusting after Margo this whole book. Let's keep it real. Yeah. Like, I cannot stand that. Like, really? Are we really doing this right now? Are we going to go there? Yeah. (laughs) but like I said at at first I was just like maybe because you know they mentioned Instagram and her or Facebook it was more Facebook and her followers so I was like okay so maybe she's trying to get in with oh so maybe if I get you know to be friends with her on Facebook maybe we could kind of you know maybe I could get more followers I, I wasn't sure where May was going with that from the beginning because you know it was a lot of facebook crap yeah but it definitely wasn't crap but it didn't it wasn't blogger driven it was personal driven because she even talked about her one friend she's cool but she kind of boring basically yeah and and we knew from the beginning too that they liked bad boys but apparently she liked bad girls she liked bad people yes 
like you said, she was apparently bisexual. So she liked the bad, bad boy image, male, female. She liked it. She, she didn't like boring. And all of a sudden she realized I moved to Mapleton, this boring little town, and I'm living this boring little life. And in, in comes fascinating Margot, who is everything that I wish I was. And she, she grabs on to her. And the thing is, is like, here you just moved to this town and your friend, your very good friend tells you she's not a good person. Yeah. This she says, stay like away a, from all those women. They're trash. And this basically. girl is not just like an a, yeah. a acquaintance. Erin is not an acquaintance. You went mm-hmm. to school with her. You were good friends with her. You basically consulted with her before you moved to this town. And the woman gives you the best advice she could possibly give you. And you poo-poo her. Like, nah, she don't know what she's talking about. She, well, she might have known, but she didn't care enough to, she didn't care. So after that first, okay, you guys, so we've kind of told you like high level about what's going on in this story. It's really a basic story. So as you know, um, the main character, Sophie hangs out with these women. And after that one night, she comes home so late. Her husband, Graham is so P.O.'d. He is so upset. And I did not like her husband's either because he, instead of confronting her, I feel like if, if, if that were my relationship and my spouse did that, I'd, as soon as you woke up, I'd be like, let's have a conversation. Yeah. Instead, he decides to go to the farmer's market and flirt it up with some girl. I'm like, what is wrong with you? That's how you react. Like, you don't even know what the hell she was doing. And you're out here. And he kept saying, and this is what annoyed me about his character as well. You know, you can do what you want. I want you to be you, but I don't want A, B, and C. You know what I'm saying? Or I I don't want to be that guy, but I, I checked your text messages. Yeah. He was a walking contradiction as well. He was. He really was. I don't want to be that guy, but put your damn foot down. You have a, how old was the boy? 18 months, two, four, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, he was a, he was like a little toddler boy. age. He wasn't, yeah. yeah. And you're staying out really, really late. And this is my thing. You're checking your watch to say, oh, I'm going to be home. I got to go home. I got, oh, have another drink. Okay. Okay. You got to drive. Like, again, how old are you? What are you, 17? And you can't say no? Yeah. Oh, I got to get up early with, with um, Jack. Then quit damn drinking and get your ass in the, in the Highlander. Girl. Okay. So get in the Highlander and get your ass home to your baby and your husband. And your husband. These women are not that damn important. But the funny thing is, she tells her husband, you know, these women are crazy. They are nuts. And I shouldn't be around them, basically. Oh, honey, um, I have to go I give, I have to go hang out with them again. I have to go give Jill my regrets for A, B, and C. I mean, she is making all the excuses to be around them. And Sophie yeah. is like so 
delusional. It's like you just yeah, he, here, you be- he should have begged your husband, her. basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she should he should have told her from the beginning, like after that that last little um incident, like you said, instead of flirting with the girl or you know, being a little pass aggressive, oh, since you did that, I'm gonna do this. No, just go on home. No, no. he should have confronted her, you know her little stupid comment about they're crazy. Okay. If they're so crazy. Why do you want to keep going back? It's exciting. And I like excitement. That's what she maybe. Yeah. That's yeah. They crazy, but it's fun. That's what she should have said because when that's exactly what she was thinking, (laughs) she wants to go out with them again. Well, she wants to go shooting with them again. And he's like, well, you know, honey, just don't stay out all night again. And she's like, I'll be home by midnight. And I'm like, oh, God, here we go. I promise I love you. I would never do it. As soon as you say that, we know. Writing's on the wall. Those are like the last words. (laughs) So this chick, Sophie, she not only hangs out with them, stays out far too late, drinks like a fish. She starts hanging out with Margot separately during the day at the pool, yes. at the, her private pool. And this oh. is where stuff gets real dirty, y'all. It gets real dirty. So Margot witnesses, well, not witnesses, Sophie witnesses Margot, the queen bee, with an 18-year-old. The 18-year-old that is one of her good friends, Brad. Brad is Jill's son. So Jill, Was he 18? Yes, because there was one line, because I thought they were underage. And there was one okay. line specifically where they say both of those kids were 18. Okay. And she checked the law because she was concerned. And I guess the age of consent in that state is 17, and they were 18. Ah. You know, okay. after she started getting involved with the police and she was like, this is going to come out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. So, so Jill's son, Brad is 18. I forgot his little friend's name. Jamie. Jamie. Brad drags Jamie around every fucking where. And the two of Jamie, them. Are, Jamie was the Sophie to Brad. <sighs> Jamie. <laughs> All I'm thinking about is the scene where, um, so Jamie and Sophie are like kissing and she's like, oh, I can't do it. And he actually seemed like he talks her into doing some stuff. I'm like, what is happening? You can't say no to an 18-year-old. I'll push that boy on his head. Get away from me. What's wrong with you? I couldn't stop it. And I was like, okay, is it the way? Girl, get out of here. What what are you? Are we going to blame it on the alcohol, Miss Sophie? Yes, I guess. Mm. So, yeah, she didn't go all the way with Okay, so you went with the little boy, but you, yeah, it was, it was, it was a lot. That was a mess, man. That scene, I'm sitting there like, oh my God. (laughs) She looked like you were having fun anyway. And I was like, oh. I'm like, why is this happening? So, um. But I really think it was happening because Margo wanted her to be doing the same thing she is. So they have a secret to keep. Yes. Yep. So, okay. You, you won't tell on me. I won't tell on you. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is like, so why did you set all that up, Margo? If you, well, 
Mark, I don't know. It was like, did Margot like Sophie as much as Sophie liked her? It Hell was, no. Yeah. Because Margot was all about Margot. And mm-hmm. liked Margot. Margot was a free spirit. She was a very free spirit. And she and she caught on. She knew her sexual. Oh, she was very fluid. She didn't care. Yeah. Yep. She yeah. didn't care. Yeah. Um, so, and she so, knew it and she knew her power of her body, um, her, her sexuality. She knew it. Okay, guys, you know what? This is a great time to take a break because we still haven't gotten to, to the dead body in the room. Okay. We haven't even got to the dead body and we've been talking for 30 minutes. So we're going to have this break. Check out the sponsors. Visit the Shelf Addiction merch store. You know, it's probably a sale over there. There's always a sale. Always a sale. <laughs> and when we come back, we're going to move on. We're going to try to move this plot along and we're going to talk about the, the body. We're going to talk about the actual mystery part of the book because <laughs> there's so much other. Gar- okay, anyway, you guys, we'll be right back. Stay with us. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Today's episode is sponsored in part by Audiobooks.com. Audiobooks.com now has 175,000 titles and 1.2 million podcasts. New customers get three free audiobooks comprised of one premium credit and two VIP titles. Use our promo code SHELFADDICTION, spelled as one word, when you sign up at audiobooks.com. Again, our promo code is SHELFADDICTION. Okay, guys, we're back. We're going to kind of, I guess, move, shift our conversation so we can actually talk about the mystery part of the book and how this like fell in line with all these other events we've already talked about. Because it's a mess. It's a hot mess. And you know, I do give the author credit for um, making a a story that is so convoluted. It's like at first, I want to say it was 50, it was 60% before the murder happened. Yes. I checked it when I was listening. Because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, finally, 
60%. So Mm -hmm. 60% of this book was drama. It was like real housewives, teenage hot mess drama, and then a murder happens. Yeah. So if her intent was to get you swirled up in all this drama and then catch you with the murder, (laughs) Mm -hmm. she was successful. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because it was... I was wondering too, like, okay, so when is going to happen with uh, Miss Abby, which is Brad's girlfriend? Uh, We meet Abby. So Abby was 17, though, you guys. We should note. Abby is not 18. She is 17. Yes, she is underage. And that's important. You got to remember to say that. Uh, But we meet Abby at Jill's house. There was a, um, Jill was having a little get together at her house for a change because it's usually at Margo's. And while there, Brad and Jamie show up with Abby. Um, Margo comes, you know, because they're at the pool. Margo already has her little string bikini on because she is always in a string bikini. And she notices Brad and Abby being a young couple, basically. And she gets pissed off. They were flirting and playing around in the pool and she yeah. wanted the attention. Yes. And I mean, that's what kids do. And all of a sudden she realizes, oh, here's my competition. She decides to flip over braless, basically, because she she said her bra with her top, not bra, but her bikini top was on, um, but she was on her stomach because she's probably tanning and she flipped over. And Abby saw it. Abby covered Brad's eyes. Jill complained and said, you know, Margo, what are you doing? And Margo blew her off. Like, what's the big deal? Look, Uh, let me tell you that scene. My take on that scene, Classy. So she's like flipped over. Her boobs are hanging out and gross. Brad and Jamie do a double take and rush out the pool. (laughs) Because I think Brad sees Jamie staring at um, Sophie. Remember? At Margo. Um, yeah, at Margo, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And he gets jealous himself. So yes, he hops he out of the pool. Yep. And then, of course, his girlfriend, Abby, hops out of the pool right behind him. Because at first she didn't see what Margo was doing. Right. And she tries to cover his eyes, right? Like, ooh. Yeah, yeah but that's old lady she moves. walks up on the both <laughs> of the boys standing at the dang on lounge chair she's laying in. Yeah. Like these two creeps are just standing right there looking at you. And all the other women are sitting there like, what is happening? And then Jill comes out, the mother comes out, you know, and at that point, the, you know, Abby, Brad and Jamie, they're like, let's go, let's leave right now. So they leave, yeah. they pass the mother on her way out. And she's yeah. like, where are you going? You guys just got here. What happened? And she goes out there and she sees Margo without her top. She's like, Margo, like, how dare you? And Margo's yeah. like, what? I just turned over to get some of my drink. <laughs> like, what? It's no big deal. Yeah. And this isn't the first time that no. Jill upset with Margo for that because right. she knew that Margo liked young boys. She just didn't, well, yeah, she knew Jill uh, Margot liked young boys, and that wasn't the first time that she confronted Margot about this and was upset with her. And 
you know, after that incident, Margo didn't talk to Jill for what, a couple of days, which is her MO. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a couple so, of days. So she makes the women grovel. They text her. They do this Like, to- you're in the wrong and you make them apologize to you. Mm-hmm. You are definitely the queen bee. So, yeah, that's what happened. Um, oh, this is adult version of Mean Girls. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But yes, Gina George all day. Oh gosh. So so yeah, it she didn't talk to her. And then after that incident, I think they had another outing, and but it was at Margot's house. And then Margot decides, you know what? I don't want all the ladies here. I'm just not feeling it. And she told the ladies, I'm not feeling good. She told them, you know, let's call it a night. But in the so when the ladies leave, she texts. Sophie and says, hey, you stay. And, you know, she stays. So now Sophie's excited because she's like, ooh, I get to have Margot to myself. But in the meantime, Sophie is texting Brad. And there's a little conversation going on there about Abby. Because, you know, Abby and Brad left. The um, Wait, was this the same night? No. So... Um, I'm trying to remember if, no, so that that night, I think Margo was upset because Brad wasn't coming when she wanted him to. She was texting with him and that's why she had an attitude. She was trying to get him to leave Abby and bring his butt over like he was supposed to. Yeah. He wasn't complying at the quickness that she wanted. Right. Okay. So that's what happened. And yeah, because he was trying to get rid of, well, not trying to get rid of, but come to find out he and Abby were having a heated conversation because Abby said she was pregnant, mm-hmm. right? I'm assuming this is what this happened. And she claimed well, that, that is she was when gonna- he told her that he found out that Abby was pregnant, but we later find out he been knew Abby was pregnant. Yeah. So he just told Margo that, but right. he- Mm-hmm. I tried to break it off with her. I was trying to break it off with her, but she said she was slit her wrist. So that's right. his reasoning for why I'm not there yet. Cause I'm trying to talk this girl off the ledge is basically what he was trying to tell her. They get to the house. Um, in the meantime, and uh, Sophie and that was the spin the bottle thing, right? That's when that happened when they finally showed up. Yeah. But prior to that, Sophie um, and Margo are chit-chatting and drinking wine. Margo goes to the bathroom and Sophie reads the text message. Yeah. Brad and uh, Margo and finds mm-hmm. out that she tells um, Brad to get rid of Abby. Abby. And yeah. to get over here. Like she didn't even know that someone else was coming. No. So she read she, that. She just thought it was going to be her and she thought it was yeah. going to be... Her and Margaret. Now, me, if I were in Sophie's position after the fiasco that happened, I mean, like after that whole seeing all that stuff and that boy flirting with her the first time around, that would have been my execute. I wouldn't even said bye. I would have walked out the door and text her. Sorry, had to run. That's what I would have did. I just right. while she's in the bathroom. Yep. Yes. But instead, she waits and sees like. Oh God, I gotta make sure she didn't know I read her messages. Again, 
her fascination with this woman. Mm-hmm. And here you here you are again about to place yourself in a situation with young boys. Granted, they're 18, but they're still young boys. You're you're a married woman. We're not even going to talk about Margo. We're going to talk about you, Sophie. With and we should just know at son. this point, at this point in time, it's not midnight yet. This is the yeah. second time, this is the time she went out with them after she promised her husband she would be home at midnight or whatever. So at this instance, this shooting party, you know, this time they went hunting. This is when she shot the the daddy's gun. Yeah. They all left early. So this is the night of the murder, you guys. This is murder yeah. night. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. So sorry. I just want to make sure. Oh, no, know. no. Right. It is. It is the murder night. And mm-hmm. have this, uh, the spin the bottle. Um, the boys had to kiss each other. The girls had to kiss. Which each they were disgusted by, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because I don't even think what was there eight. Was there ever a, a female male kissy? I don't think the bottle ever landed on. I saw the girls. It was like girls, girls, boys, boys, but whatever. Yeah. So eventually um, they're drinking and drinking and Sophie passes out. But in the meantime, we keep hearing the countdown. You know, 1145, gotta go. And she's looking at her watch. She's like, oh, my she's out. looking at her phone. No messages yet. Okay, I'm still good. Right. And her and Jamie yeah. do make out. And I don't think it was the spin the bottle, but I think they do make out because Brad and, and uh, Sophie leave. But eventually right. she's so drunk that she passes out. And she when she wakes up, um, Callie is beating on the door. And that's when she's like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't realize but we don't know why Callie is beating the door. She's looking for Sophie. I mean, for, for Margo. Margo and Brad are gone. So is Jamie. Um, yeah, and at that point, she doesn't even care where they are. She looks at the clock. She's like, oh, my God, I've got to go right now. <laughs> yeah, because it was like three or four in the morning, I believe, right? And, she yeah. goes, and then she goes for a damn run before she goes home. And I'm just right. why do you go for a run, ma'am? To clear her head, quote, unquote. Yeah, to clear her head. Right. I'm not a runner, so I don't know. But she gets home, takes a shower. Her husband finds out, you know, he hears her. Long story short, we find out the next day, uh, Abby is missing. And um, they think, oh, maybe she just tricked clearing her head. I think that's what they thought. Um, yeah, They're not. Know. Yeah, last person to, to know um, to be seen with her was Brad. Yes, which is the son. So um, now they're trying to figure out where is Abby, and and Jill is really upset, quote unquote. Yeah, everyone brushes to Jill's side to try yeah. to comfort her. Like, why are you comforting her? That's not her daughter. I mean, but I know maybe they're comforting you... her because her son is involved. Yeah. Well, they were supposed to be close. Her and Abby were close. Cause remember she said, Abby came from a very religious background and she, and Abby asked her to take her prom dress shop. Yep. So, it, so Jill made it seem like that they were very close. So now they're doing yeah. search for Abby, um, there's things on the news and everybody's concerned. Like you said, everybody's concerned. They're going to jail for support, you know, cause you know, her, her son is concerned about his girlfriend. 
couple days later, Abby's body is found on Margot's property and she's dead by the, she's found by the groundskeeper, I believe. And we find out that she is dead. So now the plot twists. Because. Oh gosh, <clears throat> we still yeah. haven't even, you guys, okay, it's we are lot. 45 minutes in and we have not even gotten to how Sophie is involved. Like, how is she involved? Okay, you want to just cut to Chase? Let's just cut to it. Cut to it. Let's just say how she got involved. Let's just jump to it. We are jumping to. So Sophie is the main (sighs) suspect because when they found the weapon, it had her prints on it. That is the only reason she is the suspect. And that is the dumbest reason she is the suspect to me. So we come to find out that... When she had the father's gun that had less kick, she was the only one that fired it. So only her prints are on the gun. Callie took it from her gender, you know, gingerly. So she thought maybe Callie was framing her because she didn't, wasn't all touching the gun and stuff. Mm-hmm. But come to find out, let's, we're going to jump right into the meat jaw and then we'll back, we'll tra- backtrack. Come to find out it wasn't Callie. And it made sense that it could have been Callie because oh, she gosh, was Margot's lap dog. Mm-hmm. but then I was like well this seems kind of obvious so I didn't expect it to be who it was but I, d- I wasn't mm-hmm. surprised so ended up being Jill Brad's mother is the killer so yeah. she even tells Sophie you know when Sophie goes to see her to try to tell what she found out like she's been doing her own investigation on the side against the police's wishes she's doing what she wants she goes to tell Jill this is because she doesn't have anyone else to talk to at this point. Everyone else is avoiding her or won't talk to her. So Jill says, come on over. And she goes to tell her what she found. And while she's with Jill, Jill's like, let's go for a boat ride. And then it comes out that Jill is the killer. She really didn't even mean to frame Sophie. She picked up the wrong gun. She wanted to pick up the gun that Margot had. She intended to frame Margot. But oh, well, collateral damage. My bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we forgot to mention Margot died. Oh yeah, Margot died in all of this. Margot was yeah, she she was drowned. She drowned. And Jill admits, like we just find out during her rant, her rant at the end where she spills her guts. She's like, Yeah, I meant to basically I want to kill that bitch. Hey, you know, I did. I drowned her. Basically, I just <laughs> strangled her underwater, basically. So she I'm didn't like, even oh. fight. Yeah. No. She, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it, she kills who she wanted to kill. She she killed who she wanted to frame, and now she's about to try to kill Sophie because you know you know my secret now. So. Yeah, and who in their right mind, while we're talking, you want to say, "Let's go for a, a boat ride." No, right. we're gonna stay on water, ma'am. And she's thinking this herself. She's like, I don't know. I probably shouldn't. But, you know, I want to. Okay. <sighs> Again, naive. Just naive. Just. Yeah. I don't even call it naive. You just. Yeah. I'm dumb. dumb. Just dumb. dumb. I mean, everything so, was there. Uh, but, I mean, granted, Jill was a wild card in her book. Um, you know, Callie. Because even the video. And like you said, we're going to go back. Um, Abby was come to find out Abby was pregnant um, when they found her body and she had been to an abortion clinic 
Sophie went and searched at the, you know, went to the abortion clinic, claimed she was a reporter. On the camera, they see that it's Callie and they believe it is Margot who took Abby to um, the abortion clinic to have this abortion because, she, again, like we said, she was 17. So she couldn't have it without parental consent or an adult present. So that's why Callie and Margot took her. Come to find out, it I was think Callie was and Jill. as her aunt. Margot was posing as her aunt. <clears throat> yes, they're um, right. Her Callie drove them with them, basically. Yes, but but Margot was the one sitting with the big glasses on, sitting in the chair, and Callie was the one kind of you know talking to Abby, saying, "Hey, we talked about this." But come to find out, it was Callie and Jill, not Callie, mm-hmm. and Jill, because with the big glasses and the blonde hair, yep, couldn't tell the difference. So, right, yeah. It, it was it was a, a long, drawn out, around the bend way to get there. And the police aspect was kind of dumb because like I watch a lot of crime shows and I'm not a police expert. I'm not a crime solving expert and I'm not going to pretend to be. But I have always heard that you must have a body, a weapon and a motive. Sophie has no motive for killing Abby. They were going hard on her because they, yes, they had the prints, but let's try to investigate and figure out what happened. What would her motive be to kill that girl? She barely knew her. She met her one time. Right. And Margot confessed that her and Brad had an affair. Right. So again, this is like why the police were so stupid. Why that one detective was an idiot. I'm like, why would you not? And when Abby... I'm sorry, when Sophie starts getting scared, she just spills all the business for the most part, but she constantly keeps holding back a little bit, which makes the pisses that guy off to no end. (laughs) She keeps holding back just a little to make him feel like he can't believe what she's saying. But when you have no motive and she's telling you all these other reasons why it's someone else, you're not even going to look at it? Yeah. She solves the crime and puts it in your lap. Yeah. And all he had was prints on a gun. (laughs) Right. And the gun that, I mean, we all go hunting. I was just the last one to use that gun, basically. I mean, it could have been anything, but, but yeah, it was, I, the, the police part was very unbelievable. It was Barney Fife at his finest, um, I just, I didn't believe it. And I mean, granted, the town was small, but come on, guy. But the guy came from Dallas. So, duh. He's used to big city crime. He should know what to do within that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I said I felt like the story wasn't written as a book. It, It seemed more of a, as a movie script. And let me just say, you guys, so I've been watching and I've, I pretty much binged. It's a HBO Max show. Um, the mayor of East mayor of East uh, East Town. Yeah. Yes. Love so it. I, I just finished it. So I started Thank late. You. So I was I started when I was able to like binge it and then I just waited for the final episode. I'm up to episode six, I think. Okay, so there's only one more left. It's only seven episodes. So 
in my opinion, I'm not going to say anything because, you know, I don't know who's watching it, who's not classy. You haven't finished it. But in my opinion, this was a very smart mystery. It wasn't the most fast paced thing on earth, but everything that happened had like an impact on the final. You'll see when you get to the end, you'll be like, oh my God. There, everything that happens has, you know, leads into the, all the loose strings come in to one ball and you see the nucleus of what happened here. I just felt like. (sighs) There was a lot of floating. It was just, everything was in the air and everybody was, oh, grab this. This." Yeah. And at the end, you just want it to be, you want it to like come together, not in this way where someone has to tell you everything that they did. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and that's of, what it felt like. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was um, heavy handed in some ways. And then just not very, the, the plot wasn't tight enough. There was, yeah. you know. And there wasn't, there wasn't much left to the imagine. You know, like with a mystery, some things you kind of leave out there for us to kind of solve. And it was just so much that there wasn't anything for us to really to solve it, it, you know, it, it, I guess it was heavy handed. I'll, I'll agree with you. It was very heavy handed and the story was just heavy handed. But I think, like you said, at the 60% mark where you just laid all that on me and then you, you put in a murder. That's fine. We've, we've, we've had that before, but then you drag the damn murder and the, 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 the you know, the mystery of the murder. Um, well, maybe not. It was a lot of information on the back end of that book um, to try to. Yeah, it was a lot of descriptive. It was a lot of adjective. It was a lot of descriptive text. There was like the look yeah. of this or how someone smelled or what yeah, they wore. The, the Mercedes or, Benz and the big yeah. glass and that damn Highlander. (laughs) What was the reason for her saying Highlander over 50 times? Was it to show that she didn't have money people in the Mercedes Benz? I don't know. But it was like, yes, she hopped in the Highlander. I turned on the air in the Highlander. And I was like, is this a filler word? She could have just said Jeep or truck and I would have been just fine. Yeah, but that Highlander, she used it way too much. But yeah, there was a lot of descriptive adjectives all that that could have been left out um yeah so descriptive text where it could have just been like okay let's get to the meat and the bones of this and i don't mind if it's sometimes like like what i was just saying with the you know with mayor of east town sometimes it takes a little while to get around to it, but in this case, the murder happened immediately. The murder happened yeah. in the first episode, and she was trying to just, you know, sort out what was happening. And there was a lot of strings to untangle to sort out what happened. Right. This case, she, the author, you know, Meg Cobb, laid a lot of groundwork to like make us understand how crazy these people were, and we didn't need all of that to understand how crazy they were. No, we got how crazy these ladies were at the bar. Enough said. The first bar scene. Yes, the very first one. The first shooting session, we figured out these are some crazy, wild women. Okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. 
And that was, and then, you know, and then afterwards, okay, now we got one who likes young boys. Okay. That was such a turn off to me. Like, literally, can't you get anybody else besides this 18-year-old boy that don't know anything? Yeah. And I I think it's it's the going thing, you know, that's like um, a popular thing. You just had the one movie, what was it called? Teacher where the teacher was having the affair with a young boy. You know, I think it was just something that's going to draw in an audience, you know, like, Hey, they said men do it. Women do it too. Let's talk about this. But yeah. See, that's just the thing. There, there was no talking about it. No, no. You know, Margot did it. Jill hated her for it. End of story our main character decided to dabble as well since she didn't know how to say no. Yeah. And it was like, this is not even you. And she didn't even say she was even like into that kid. She just was, oh, I'm drunk. Oh, that kind of feels good. I'll just roll with it. She didn't even say there was an attraction to this kid. Nope. So she's just doing it because Marco's doing it. I'm like, what is this? And you're not a teenager, you're a grown woman. So, yeah. So, I feel like if there was some discussion or some kind of lesson, I don't, I guess the lesson is the mother will kill you. Maybe that's the lesson. Yeah, because you got in the way of the success of her child, because that's what she said in her confession. You got it in the way of my son going to college. Both of them. Abby did, and so did Marco. So you both had to go. Uh, Okay. So we both listened to audiobook. The narrator was Erin Bennett. I thought she did a great job. What do you think about her narration? Um, She was was okay. I think I nodded a little bit. Oh, really? I liked her, but I did listen at 1.5 too. So I did have it sped up a little bit. I might've been at 1.3, but you know, I won't blame it on her, but she, I mean, she didn't have any, I didn't have any issues with her. But I know I did. I think at one point, you know what? It may not have been her. It may have just been the story. Because at one point, it just got to be, this isn't important. Nothing was, because you know, like, there's a certain part in the story where you know this, I need to be paying attention. And I think the part where I was nodding, it was probably some of that descriptive narrative where it was just like, okay, here we go again. They're drinking. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like when I was, okay. I was cooking dinner one night and you know, my attention usually I can cook dinner and listen with no problems. There was this one part and I wish I had noted it, but just something kept hanging me up. And I'm like, what happened? Rewind, click back, back, back five times. Mm-hmm. And I'm listening again, start chopping. Wait, I just I still don't quite understand what I just heard. Rewind five more, you yeah, know, that happened like three times too. on one part. Yeah. And I can't remember. It happened to me, too. And I I wish I would have known what it was. But I, I do remember doing that. That makes me wonder if it was the writing style of the author. Like things, it just didn't sound quite right. So when yeah. the narrator was reading it, you're like confused, like what just happened kind of thing. Yeah, because you think you missed something. And then once you go back, you're like, no, I did miss it. But right. what? But what is she trying to tell me or what is she trying to convey in this part? But I do, um, I do remember doing that. And I was like, okay, did I doze? (laughs) 
And I did. But yeah. But yeah. But now right, let's rate this thing. You ready to rate it? I'm ready. Girl, we've been talking about this book for an hour. <gasps> Sorry. No, no, no. We're good. We are golden, okay. but it's time to rate. We're going to put this to bed. <laughs> we're going to rate yes, it. Please. Give our final thoughts, and then we're going to put it to bed. And unfortunately, uh, we did not prepare our next three books yet. So I, we can't tell you what we're reading next at the end of this podcast. But definitely get on to Shelf Addiction Official on Facebook. You will know really quickly what our next three books are. So you can get your books from the library or order them or whatever you're going to do and read along with us. So yeah, just that. So let's rate the thing. Classy, would you like to go first? Sure. Don't always go first. You're the co-host can go first. <laughs> I can go first if you like. No, I just I'll go be, for it. I'm just, I'm I just, just like, be nice. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I'm going to give it a two because I, I don't recommend this. It was, yeah, I'm giving it a two. Um, All right. I said what I said. You I'm, said what you said. Okay. <laughs> um, I was kind of bouncing back and forth between a two and a three. Uh, yeah. We don't do halves because, you know, Goodreads doesn't do halves. So, I decided to go with a three just because of how quickly I was able to get through it. It was fast. I think I read it or listened to it rather in like two and a half days. So it was very fast. um, And it was entertaining, even though it didn't make a lot of sense. So you're right. I feel like the publicist put their work in. I mean, they really hyped this book up to the max, overhyped, in my opinion. Yeah. But it's not a bad book. There's a lot of flaws. There are a lot of things I don't like about the characters and maybe the style of writing I didn't like. Like when I started, I did start it on Kindle and I did Mm. not really like the at the beginning, like the first 50 pages, I did not like the days but then yeah. I just, once I got far enough into it it just kind of it settled. didn't matter and yeah. it didn't matter but right on the on front you know of Friday Saturday Monday Wednesday whatever that combination was I was kind of like what is this so yeah, I didn't like, like that at first yeah. so I I, did, I agree with that too because I felt like is it going to be important somewhere down the line? And then and it doesn't really matter. It does. It's just matter. a marker to let you know it's a different day. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm still going to. No, stick with your number. Stick with your number. I just went with three because while, you know, because threes are not recommended books to me. I never, yeah. if someone says, what book should I read? I don't go to my three ratings. No, I don't. I, don't I just either. do four or fives. Yeah. Three is, you know, if you have a book yeah. club that's reading it, sure, read it. And it was, it was a fast paced book. I got through it quickly. It wasn't, um, matter of fact, it was a pretty quick read because I wanted to find out, like, okay, who the murder, the teen. Yeah. And I mean, once I realized the girlfriend came in the story, I realized that. But yeah, it was a quick pace um, mystery. Yeah, but I'm I'm gonna give you two. Okay, not as bad as our last one, but yeah, I hear you. 
Okay, so we're going to end things there. Don't forget, you can check out the after show on Patreon because one of the things I'd like to do on this after show today, and we talked about this on text just a little bit, we're about to give some alternate, alternative titles for this book. We're going to just, <laughs> we're just going to up top of our head because there are several fun titles that we could use instead of the hunting wise. <laughs> we're going to talk about that and more 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 stuff over on the after show so if you're curious about that head on over to patreon it's available now and you can just find the after show in the time marker so you don't have to listen to this whole conversation again you can just hop right into the after show (laughs) right yes so we are done for today if you are listening to the sound of my voice right now i appreciate you for being here for this entire episode i really do appreciate you for listening and uh, we will catch you next month until then Happy reading. Take care of yourselves. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to show your support, there are a few things you can do. Head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a positive five-star review or like this episode on your favorite podcast player. It seems so simple, but it really helps me out. You can share this podcast with other book nerd friends or on your favorite social media space. You can also join the Shelf Addiction Patreon family. For as little as $2 a month, you will help us produce even more awesome content for your ears. You can also consider joining the Shelf Addiction official Facebook group where we talk all things bookish and more in a safe space. The Shelf Addiction podcast is a part of the Nerdy Maven Network. You can also reach us via email at info at shelfaddiction.com. Thank you for listening.